you may remember, over this month of December, we're focusing on four messages that come to us from the first Christmas of when Jesus was to be born into our world. And last week we looked at how God displayed his incredible favor in the most unfavorable of places when the angel Gabriel visited Mary in her hometown of Nazareth. The angel Gabriel announced to Mary that she was highly favored and that the Lord, God, was with her. And in this one sudden moment, Mary encountered huge changes for her life. Huge, glorious changes that caused her heart to rejoice with joy. She was living in Nazareth, a city that had a terrible reputation of nothing good coming out of it. But the child that was to be born from her womb would be called the Son of God. The Son of the Highest, Jesus our Savior, the King of all kings, whose kingdom would never end. What an incredible moment for this young woman to go from a life of not much good coming from it to being chosen and favored by God to bring His Son into our world to save us from our sin. Yet this wonderful change in Mary's life had immediate consequences because Mary was legally married and betrothed to Joseph. And they together as a couple were in the final stages of their engagement. Yet now, God's bigger plan was superseding all of their plans as a couple cutting through everything that they had prearranged in moments in Mary's life where she had exclaimed, be it done unto me according to your word. In moments, that very statement of faith from her heart as she received God's word for her life brought huge change to all of the prearranged plans that she had made with Joseph. Suddenly, as a result of her complete surrender to God, to become the maidservant of the Most High, everything was looking now very different. Mary had received a promise from God which caused her to rejoice. But that promise brought about a very painful problem for Joseph. Suddenly, all of their plans were breaking down and coming apart. As Joseph now could see no way through the changes. How could Mary, think of it, how could Mary be a virgin If she was pregnant, title of this message this morning is Direction Amidst Distress. Because direction amidst distress is what Joseph needed when he found out that Mary, his espoused bride, 
was pregnant and he was not the father. Matthew brings us right into the moment of Joseph's distress when he found out that Mary was pregnant. And we see how his distress, how Joseph's distress was pressuring him to make decisions that would have been wrong for his life. Because Joseph had a vital role to play in God's plan, just as much as Mary did. And we'll see that in a moment. Distress is extreme sorrow, emotional pain. It's what we feel when we're all alone, having to make decisions that we don't know how to make, and that we don't want to make. And Matthew describes this distressing time that Joseph found himself in when Mary was with child. His dream for them as a couple was broken and shattered. And he had no positive answers, no way through. All he had in his mind was that he would have to divorce Mary, who he loved. Listen to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. It reads, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was a faithful man to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. You know, when we look at that first Christmas of when Jesus was about to come into our world, from a human perspective, on one hand, we see incredible joy in Mary. That's what Luke records in Luke chapter 1 that we looked at last week. Mary becomes aware of God's favor. Mary is commanded by the angel to rejoice because of that favor, because the Lord is with her, because of who she would carry and bring into the world through her womb. She was to rejoice, to get excited in faith as a result of submitting and surrendering to God's purpose and plan for her life. Luke chapter 1 gives us a picture of that first Christmas that it's filled with incredible joy, incredible happiness, incredible purpose and fulfillment of all of the age-long prophecies that were coming into play as Jesus was to be born through this virgin, Mary. Yet Matthew, Matthew brings out a very different picture to that of Luke, a picture of equal importance. A picture, not of great favor, but a picture of great hurt and pain 
of chaos and confusion. Because Matthew, unlike Luke, zooms in on Joseph. And Joseph is not rejoicing at all. Joseph isn't celebrating about being highly favored of the Lord. No, far from it. Joseph is having to prepare arrangements for a divorce from Mary, his bride. That first Christmas story reminds us all that life is never worked out in straight lines. Never at all. And especially when you're following God's purpose and plan for your life. Of course, the picture to God is never chaotic. The picture to our Lord is never confusing because he sees all things working together after his plan, after his purpose to fulfill all that he's spoken far before it comes into being. Everything serves his purpose. But to us, To us here, down here, the route is never straightforward. No. Life is messy. Life is challenging. And life is complicated at times. And that's what we see in this first Christmas. When Christ Jesus comes, or that's one of the sides that we see. In this first Christmas of when Christ Jesus was to be born into our world. But one of the things that I love about the birth narrative of Jesus is that in all of the events that surround it, it's full of complexity. The picture of those beginning moments of when Christ was to come into the world is a picture that's filled with complexity, filled with challenge, full of impossibilities. And it shows us a raw, rugged picture of hardship. And when you look at it and you go into it, it helps us to realize that God didn't make everything easy for Mary and Joseph just because they were bringing his son into the world. No, they had to face the same challenges, even bigger challenges than we will probably ever know. They had to face it and they had to walk life's difficult, rugged road and believe God every step of the way. It encourages us in our journey. It encourages us in our hardship. It encourages us in our struggles. When we realize that there's always a way through with God. There's always a way through when we trust Him. Even when we can't trace Him, when we just simply trust Him with every day, there's always a way through. As a result of Mary embracing God's word for her life, everything about her future with Joseph suddenly started to crumble. That's the picture. Mary's yes to God was when all of their problems started to begin. Because life is never worked out in straight lines. 
for any of us. And it certainly wasn't for them. You know, think about your heartbeat. Even your heartbeat goes up and it goes down. It goes up and it goes down. 60 to 100 beats per minute. Up, down, up, down. It's a great analogy for what life is like. It has its ups and it has its downs. And in between, you might get a straight line. Where everything is straight, where everything is going well, where everything is comfortable. But amidst the ups and amidst the downs, we still praise God. We still give Him thanks. We still worship Him. We still love Him. And we still stay on course in His plan for our lives because He's faithful and He never leaves us or forsakes us and He leads us on through. Hallelujah. He really does. Life for Mary and Joseph must have been like that. Up! And down. A bit like a dot-to-dot picture. You ever felt your life's a bit like a dot-to-dot picture? Where number one and number two are close together and you're able to join that dot? Yes! I did it! I got from number one to number two. Praise God! But every other dot on the page is scattered all over the place. And it's a mystery. And everything is random. And after you get to number two, you're trying to find out where number three is. And my God, you're looking and you can't even see where it is on the page. Because it's over the other side. Life to Mary and Joseph must have resembled that dot-to-dot picture with dots and numbers scattered all over the page. How are we going to connect these things together? We believe that we're pleasing God. We believe that our life is, is submitted to His plan, to His purpose. We want to do our best for Him. We want to be faithful to Him. We want to bring Him pleasure and be obedient. But everything seems so scattered. Everything seems so random. We don't know how to join this all up together to, to formulate a, a, a picture that we feel is right. Everything's confusingly scattered across the page and there's no clear picture emerging. To Joseph and Mary, it would have looked as if God's plan was dividing them, not uniting them. The plan was dividing them. Instead of uniting them together, instead of formulating their future as one, everything's falling apart and crumbling. The great future that they believed that they had, that they'd arranged together, is now very, very much on shaky ground as Joseph has in mind. That's what the Bible says. Joseph has in mind that he would have to divorce Mary, his wife. You know, I've read this story many times, much like you have. And 
I don't think we'll ever be able to understand the deep pain and the hurt that Joseph must have been in. His life and his future with Mary was over, really, before it had even began. Imagine the personal embarrassment for this man, the shame that he would face as he was considering divorcing his bride, the wedding ceremony that had been planned, the guests and the families that were all going to attend, all of the ceremony and all of the celebration that they were heading towards, that had been planned for probably over a year. And ceremony, wedding ceremonies, Jewish wedding ceremonies, were like any other, were, were, were like, unlike any other. They lasted for seven days. It was celebration. It was party. This was the, this was the highest station that a couple could take up, having a covenant before God with one another. And that's what they were heading towards, and that's what they had paid for, and that's what they were preparing for. And now suddenly Joseph had it in mind to divorce Mary because he was faithful to the law. Faithful to God. Faithful man. He wouldn't compromise. He was a faithful man to the law of God. And the law of God came first. It was his priority because his connection and his relationship with God and his desire of heart was to please God before anybody else. And if that meant divorcing Mary, then so be it. He had it in mind, the Bible says. And all of these things were bearing down on this man. Pain, darkness, distress. So many explanations would have to be given. Why would such a fruitful relationship, why would such a, a joyful relationship as they had have to end so suddenly? This man would be faced with very real questions from family and from friends that he would have to answer. And all of those possibilities must have caused this man great emotional distress. You know, sometimes the personal inner pain that we experience in life can be so great. It can be so great. That personal inner pain, that, that sheer emptiness that, that we experience on occasions in life can be so deep that it feels as if we have no way out of it. We can't turn to another person. We just have to turn inwardly and look to how we feel and what we're thinking about the situation that we are in. And very often we can get left bitter. Very often we can get left confused. Very often we can get left angry because we don't know where to go or what to do with what we're faced with. And these very real emotions must have faced this man. They must have been trying to overcome him. Yet the story for this couple 
the story of their lives, because they had faith in God, because they trusted Him, they received timely direction. Timely direction for the distress. And they were guided through all of their life distresses. Matthew records how Joseph had in mind to divorce Mary because he was faithful to the law. Yet the Lord, the Lord of the law, brought direction, brought direction in his distress, speaking to him in a dream. The law had not been broken. It had not been broken in any way at all. So righteously, Joseph could take Mary as his wife. He just didn't know it. But listen to Matthew chapter 1, verse 19 to verse 23. It says this, Because Joseph, her husband, was a faithful man to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. You, Joseph, are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Hallelujah. Amen. What an incredible moment in this man's life, an encounter with God that changed everything. Amen. When I was reading this, I remember an occasion in my life where I had come to a point of decision about a given situation that would have great bearing on my life. Great bearing on the plan and the purpose of God for my life. I'm sure there would be occasions in your life that you would be able to look at and look back on such moments as I had on one occasion. And I had made a decision. I had made a decision that I thought was right about an opportunity that came to me and an opportunity was given to me and I said no no that is not for me that opportunity is not for me if I am to step into that opportunity I need a word from God but I cannot accept it I will not accept it because I have and it was a great opportunity it was a fantastic opportunity within the purpose and the plan of God for my life. But I had decided that I could not step forward into it because I had no word from God. I tell you, I went to bed, I went to sleep, and that word came. God came into my room. 
I don't know in, in what measure he came in, but I'm telling you now, he was there. I was aware and awake of it, and awake to it. And he got a yes out of me before he went. And I stepped into that opportunity as soon as God gave me the green light to do what he was asking me to do. And my life has been all the richer for it. Hallelujah. Joseph had his encounter with the word of the Lord that the angel brought whilst he slept. And there's some important points here to pick up on and to look at from what happened to Joseph when he received direction from God in the midst of his distress. One point would be this. The voice that you listen to and believe will determine the future that you experience. The voices that you listen to, the voices that you allow to influence you and shape your choices will determine the future that you experience. And the voice that Joseph listened to, the voice that Joseph believed did determine the future he experienced, not just with Mary as his wife, but also in the vital role that he had in fulfilling God's purpose and plan in Jesus' life. You look at the scriptures that we've read, and you see that the big picture of Joseph's character is that he was not an outspoken man. He wasn't an impulsive man. He wasn't hot-tempered or emotionally driven to make decisions erratically. Joseph, when you look at the big picture of his life and what was happening in this time and season of when Mary had submitted her life in service to God, he could have used the power of the law to incriminate Mary, but he didn't. Whilst he had it in mind to divorce Mary because he couldn't explain the facts, because he couldn't explain how Matthew tells us he considered these things. It's an incredible phrase. He had it in his mind to divorce Mary, but he considered these things. That means he held his emotions well. He didn't act impulsively. This faithful man had been hit with a huge challenge without any kind of warning. But the depth of his character absorbed all of the blows. And that takes incredible emotional strength to be able to take a hit, to take a blow like this and not react. It takes not only emotional strength, but great maturity of character. Anyone, anyone can shout their mouth off in anger. 
Anyone can make quick fire, erratic choices and punish somebody else. But nowhere is it recorded in Scripture that Joseph even spoke one word. There's no outburst of anger or rage from this man. Just silence, quietness, patient consideration of things. His mind was telling him that to be faithful to the law, he would have to divorce Mary. But patient consideration caused him to wisely consider all things. He was facing circumstances he couldn't explain, circumstances he couldn't get his head around, but as he quietly considered things and didn't react impulsively, what Joseph was doing was he was giving God room to speak. Sometimes when you and I are under pressure, we can be prone to make decisions far too quickly. The pressure we feel triggers quick fire responses, quick fire decisions from erratic emotions. And we just fire out like a machine gun, wrong decision after wrong decision. But if we'll just sit back in silence, sit back in silence, just like Joseph, and consider things, consider things patiently, trying to examine everything carefully, that's when there's an opportunity to see things beyond how we think they are to how God reveals them to, to be. Today, in this room, no doubt, every single one of us is facing a challenge of some kind where the dots don't meet and line up, where they seem to be randomly scattered all over the page. But we have to make our mind up in such times, not to make quick fire reactive decisions to try and get things under control. We want to be a people guided and controlled by the Holy Spirit to consider things. Oh, you might have it in mind to decide about a situation in a certain way. Give room to God. Give room to the wisdom of the Holy Spirit as you consider things and allow Him to get involved to make that decision and formulate that choice with you. When you give God room in your life by considering things, that's when His Word comes. His Word of direction to intervene and to help you through.
when the angel said to Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That's when direction came in his distress. And that voice he listened to, that voice he believed, that voice he obeyed, and that voice determined his future in God and him fulfilling his role in Jesus' life. Joseph had the incredible privilege of naming Jesus. Joseph was bestowed with that honor. And only as Joseph named Jesus could Jesus legally become a part of Joseph's lineage. Making Jesus not only the Son of God, but Jesus also the Son of Abraham and the Son of David. Fulfilling God's covenant to Abraham where he said, In you and through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And when he made a covenant, a kingly covenant with David, announcing to him that one of his seed would sit on his throne forever. And Joseph, as he embraced God's bigger plan for legally naming Jesus, as a result of that, He brought Jesus into his lineage to fulfill God's plan and promise to his servants. There's also another very important point to be made in what was happening to Joseph, and it's this. Joseph found direction in his distress when he went into a place of rest. Whilst he was awake, his mind raced and his mind reached points of decisions that he thought to be right. Now, he didn't act impulsively on that, what he had in his mind, what he considered. Yet there seemed to be no alternative for this man other than divorcing Mary. But when he rested, when he went to sleep, it was then that the angel of the Lord directed him. And the important truth here that's being communicated is that God speaks when we rest. God chose to speak to Joseph when he came to a place of rest, not when his mental senses were on high alert and awake. It was when Joseph had reached a place of rest that the angel took opportunity to bring God's word right into his distressing circumstances and give him direction. The picture for us and how it applies is that, is that the more we strive 
The more we try to gain control, the harder we work to get a hold of things. The more perplexing life becomes. But the moment we lay down and rest and let go and let God, that's when direction comes. When we're in a place of rest, when we're in a place of peace, that's when God is ready to speak. Just as we bring this to a close this morning, let me look at verse 24 again. It says this, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. As soon as he had received direction in his distress, he went and did it. He followed it through. What he'd had in mind... He considered. He patiently waited. And in all of the distress and the perplexity of the circumstances that he faced, God brought his word. A word that was bigger than the law that he was faithful to because the Lord of the law was saying it. And he took Mary as his wife. Name him Jesus to legally bring him into his lineage in fulfillment of God's covenant to Abraham and to David. King David, through the many years of his life, had experienced countless times of distress. You just got to read the Psalms to see that. Yet just like Joseph, this great king testified of how throughout his life, God never failed to give him direction. Even amidst the most distressing, perplexing times of life, God always came through. In Psalm 119, verse 105, David talks about God's word being the director in his life by saying, Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What a beautiful picture. What an, what an intimate relationship we have with our God as his word gives light to our feet and to the way on which we walk. That's why your future is not going to be filled with failure, child of God. That's why your future is going to be filled not with failure, but with favor, favor, favor. That's what your future is going to be filled with. Favor, favor, favor. Not failure over your head, but favor over your head 
fruitfulness over your head because you've got a lamp at your feet and you've got a light that lights the way all the way down your path. That is divine favor. You never have to make a wrong step. You never have to make a wrong turn. You never have to take a detour because his favor, his word is upon you, with you, and you'll hear it as a directive, just like David did. Why did David refer to God's word as being a lamp and a light? Well, the simple, obvious answer would be because life sometimes for all of us gets very dark and you need a lamp and you need a light to guide you. Times in all of our lives when the advice of people and even the wisdom that we have from past experience just does not cut it. It's not good enough. But to get through those distressing times, you need a word. And that word will come. God will never fail any one of us to give us illumination and direction for our lives. Joseph, Joseph, had that lamp. Joseph had that light on his way, enabling him to do what God had called him to do. And Mary had it too. She really did. The whole picture of their lives, the whole story and testimony of what transpired in their lives as they were bringing Christ into our world is a picture of illumination, of guidance, of God never failing them, of trouble and crisis assailing them. Don't miss that. They didn't have an easy journey. They didn't have an easy road. Trouble, crisis, incredible circumstance assailing them, but in the midst of it all, a faithful God standing with them, walking them through it to fulfill his purpose. I can ask the musicians to come. We're going to close. Just a moment. Life for all of us is about change. Change is a part of life. It's something that all of us encounter in many, many ways. All of us, just like Mary, have experienced those changes of life that have brought great happiness, great joy, great excitement where the purpose of God and the plan of God just unfolds. And we're richly blessed and highly favored. And change comes. Change is an incredible thing, a glorious thing, a wonderful thing. Life is full of changes. And we've all experienced at some point in our life change coming in such a wonderful, positive, glorious 
way. However, all of us are aware of other changes that also happen in life. Changes that we don't get to choose. We don't get to choose whether we're going to accept them or not. Some changes land in our lives suddenly, unannounced, unexpected, and they pressure us, try to force us to make decisions we don't want to make. These kind of changes almost grab you by the scruff of the neck and throw you around and back you into a corner. And you, you, you're left there trembling and wondering. And you have it in mind, just like Joseph, to follow a certain course. The pressure's on. And the heat is on. But as you consider things patiently, quietly, silently, God will bring you through. It'd be great, wouldn't it? If certain changes would announce their arrival beforehand so that we could prepare well for them. But sometimes they just land on your doorstep. Today you may feel like that. A change has come, it's unannounced, it's unexpected, it's really hard. And it's landed on your doorstep. And you just don't know what to do. Well, God knows about it. You're in good company. You're in good company because that's exactly what happened to Joseph. That's what happened to him. It was an unannounced change. It was unforeseen. It was unexpected. It was shocking. It was heartbreaking. It was life changing. It wasn't causing him to rejoice. It was causing him to consider things that he never ever thought he would have to face. But you know what? Be encouraged today, child of God. It's a walk of faith. And even amidst that suffering, even amidst that pain, even amidst that uncertainty, even and whether it's today or any other day that this happens, God will, get, will be a light and a lamp to take you through. Amen. His word will shine on you and show you things not as you think they are, but reveal them. Reveal them as he sees they are. God gives us direction amidst the distresses that we face in life. Before we sing, let's pray today. I want to pray over you. And just as we quieten our hearts today, maybe just think about those, those things that maybe you are facing. You don't know any way through. You tried your best to do what you can do. 
And it seems as if there's no change. Change has come, arrived on your doorstep. It's unforeseen, it's unexpected. You're unprepared for it. It could have been hanging around now, holding you by the scruff of the neck for a number of months, even for this last past year and beyond it. Well, let's just be still right now for a moment because God knows you're in good company. You may be looking at people and they're just like Mary this Christmas, highly favored by God, rejoicing, feeling that they're fulfilling the plan and purpose of God for their life. But you don't feel like Mary at the moment. You feel like Joseph. And that's okay. That's okay. Because it's in God's purpose and God's plan for your life. Because he's going to bring out of you what you don't even think is there. You have the depth of character and strength to see this through. And his will will prevail. Because he works all things together after the counsel of his will. Not after ours. So Lord, as we've heard your word today, Lord, you know the changes that we are grappling with, that we are struggling with. You know the problems that seem so perplexing. We thank God for those who are rejoicing like Mary today, highly favored by God. But Lord, there's some of us today and we're just like Joseph. pressured, maybe downcast because the dream that we had seems broken into, distressed. But Lord, as we consider these things, I pray supernaturally by the power of your Holy Spirit as we rest, as we rest in you, we lay it down at your feet. We pray that the light of your word the light of your word, the light of your word. Hallelujah. Would wash on through. Yes, Lord. We give you praise. We worship you. We give you praise. Light in the darkness We give you praise Rain in the dryness River in the desert We give you praise Yes, we give you praise 
we give you praise. We give you praise. Laughter in the sorrow. Beauty for ashes. We give you the refuge and strength the ever-present help in times of trouble we give you praise we give you praise never left forsaken never left alone we give you praise give you praise Hey, se po baile le bore menaya na mo. Si ala bo se barete de nombro no. Le bo se bare na 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 no. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Tribaya, we give you the praise. 